Good evening, listeners of Radio Adonia. It is 7.23 p.m. Central Standard Time, March 8th, 2021. Hello, and welcome to uh, episode 6. So, today I guess we're just going to catch up on, I don't know, what happened over the weekend. I mean, not much really happened over the weekend. But, you know, something I can say, though, is that the weather's been unusually warm. Um, So today the high was 65, with um, it being March and still being winter. I don't know how how that works. But I'm not going to ask questions, I'm just going to go with it, because I like the weather. have my window open right now. It's actually getting usually warm in here. And my window's open, so I don't know how it's, like, this warm in here. Anyway. So, I guess we could just talk about stuff Adonia has going on. Um, Maybe, perhaps, we could talk about how, um, ooh, I have an idea what we could talk about. Okay, so. Let's start with how Adonia is doing plans for the week and all that kind of stuff. Uh, of course, I'm going to have to pull up the uh, six-month plan for that, which I can do now. So I'm going to do that right away. But in other news, uh, Adonia signed a treaty of mutual recognition and uh, diplomatic relations with the Republic of uh, Sunara uh, over the weekend. Um, we also worked on um, the People Scout League over the weekend as well, so that got worked up. Uh, let's see what else we got going on in March. Alright, so we're looking towards, um, actually, ooh, I got a perfect one. So we started a flag collection group called the Adonian Vexiological Society, essentially, where we collect flags, and we study flags, and preserve flags, and that kind of stuff. Um, so far we have three members, and that's not including me, so what the AVS go- AVS's goal is, is to pre- preserve and um, maintain flags, and educate other people about the history of flags, and all that kind of stuff, and what they mean, and that kind of stuff. Um, the good news about the AVS is that it's the first um, operable Adonian program, which gives me hope for uh, other programs in the future. Um, so, like the People's Scout League, I'm hoping that'll do well as well. Um, we're looking into continuing work on the space program and eventually getting that up and running by April, uh, mid-April, perhaps. Um, we're also... I'm also going to discuss um, to the uh, Adonian Politburo about um, the time change that's um, coming along soon. So there's going to be a time change and that kind of stuff. Um, we're also going to be opening to the public and local um, communities around uh, each commune and the capital. So, 
sooner or later we'll be able to accepting locals into Adonia as citizens, as people part of programs and that kind of stuff. So eventually Adonia will be going local, which is hopefully won't go like last time with the first localization plan just kind of dying and failing. Um, but I have high hopes for the second localization plan because so far I've gotten some people from school to listen to uh, Radio Donia. You know who you are. I know you're listening. Hello. Um, I also have been looking into seeing if I can get people from across the state of Illinois. And I'm going to talk to the other governors about getting people from their towns and states to um, interact with their uh, commune, if that's possible. If it's not possible, well, that sucks. But you know how things are with, um, you know, parents and that kind of thing. Um, that's really what we've got going on in Adonia. Um, programs are starting to begin to open up, and we're starting to allow locals into uh, Adonian society and how Adonia can work. So we're hoping that Adonia can do well for itself when we open up to locals. And so far, so good. So, I mean, that's that. Um, in other micronations, um, so far, things have been going up. Uh, it seems like a lot of other micronationalists are doing well for themselves. Um, for example, um, Archie is Archie Birch of, Ms. of the previous Misbarian State is creating a migration, and I would probably message him about that so you can keep tabs on what's going on and that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, that's really it. There's not much going on um, in the community right now, so I'm not sure. Nothing that comes to mind. <sighs> oh, here's something that is, I guess is Adonian that goes to the community. So um, the Adonian Press Organization, which is our newspaper service using WordPress, um, is is going to plan to interact with the community more on reality to um, micronational news, and then eventually it's going to localize. So we hope to get people who will give us information on news and stuff for local uh, things in near Longhorn, the capital, or all these other uh, places. We also hope to get people involved in, like we said previously, we hope to get people involved in programs so we can um, expand Adonian, uh, eventually expand Adonian borders, but also expand Adonian uh, citizenry and all that kind of stuff, um, which hopefully will have a boost for Adonia, which will benefit us all together. Of, of course, Adonia has always thrived off of how it's been. Uh, for example, when um, everyone was banned from Adonia back in July, um, Adonia really wasn't doing well, but it started to thrive with just two people, and that would be myself and uh, Governor Trevor Horovic, uh, the Kalamazoo commune. So, Adonia can pick itself up and will pick itself up, even if it's in a tough or struggling situation. And I've always stood by uh, Adonia and all that kind of stuff. 
I mean, other than, you know, Adonia picking itself up, whatever, all that kind of stuff, there really isn't much that's going on in Adonia. So, um, there goes that. In more national news, um, happy International Women's Day. So, um, it's a day in a year where you celebrate, you know, women's rights and women accomplishments and all that kind of stuff. Um, so without women, we actually really, we wouldn't be here. So, um, woman power, um, I will stand by International Women's Day and I am proud to, um, be someone who promotes women's rights and, uh, promotes feminism and promotes all that kind of stuff. Not be Feminism is confused, but I'll explain that later at another time. Um, but, yeah, other than that, I promote all sorts of rights for women, that they should be allowed to do what they want to do with their life and not be regarded as something else because of societal standards and all that kind of stuff. So, women deserve to be treated like men. We are human. We are different from each other. We're both of the same species on the same planet, yet we treat each other so differently sometimes. It's horrible. Really, really horrible. Alright, well, it looks like we're about to hit a music break in a few seconds now. So, um, I don't know what I'll play. I'll probably just play some nice music, hopefully. Last time, a lot of people liked the Mandarin International. That was rock style, so... Alright, guys. Well, enjoy the music break, and I'll see you in a few seconds, then. Es schreien die NATO-Minister. Hört, hört ihr es nicht? Ihr Schreien ist nicht mehr Geflüster. Hört, ja hört ihr es nicht? Sie schreien nach Profit ihrer Kriegsindustrie und rüsten zum Kreuzzug erneut wie noch nie. Hierher steht bereit für die Aggression gegen dich und die Sowjetunion. Arbeiter bauen, Fenster gewaffen, euch ist das heilige Pflicht. Dass sie die Verbrecher verbrechen, gewinnen, das Volk ihre Waffen zerbricht. Euch ist der Sozialismus weltfatt, euch stehen die Völker nicht mehr allein. Du fest, die Einheit der Kampfen, so wird in der Welt immer Frieden sein. Die US-Strategen hört, hört ihr es nicht? Sie schreien nach neuen Raketen. Hört, ja hört ihr es nicht? Vom Rhein wird mit Abschreckungslärm gedroht, mit Superwaffen, Neutronen und Tod. Das ist die moderne Inquisition gegen dich und die Sowjetunion. Arbeiter bauen, Fenster, die Waffen, euch ist das heilige Pflicht. Dass sie die Verbrecher verbrechen, beginnen, das Volk ihre Waffen zerbricht. Euch ist der Sozialismus weltfatt, euch stehen die Völker nicht mehr allein. Und Fenster, die Einheit der Kampfen, die Schonen, dann wird in der Welt immer Frieden sein. Und Fenster, die Einheit der Kampfen, 
Linken schreit es Sanktionen. Hört, hört ihr es nicht? Embargo Bestrafungsaktionen. Hört, ja hört ihr es nicht? Das alles im Namen der Menschlichkeit. Sie sind für Profit zu allen bereit. Es rüstet die schwärzeste Reaktion gegen dich und die Sowjetunion. Arbeiter bauen, Fenster gebauen, euch ist das heilige Pflicht. Das Krieg, die Verbrecher, Verbrechen beginnen, das Volk ihre Waffen zerbricht. Euch ist der Sozialismus entfacht, euch steht die Völker nicht mehr allein. Zum Besten die Einheit, der Kampf für die Zone, der Wirt in der Welt immer Frieden sein.
Alright, welcome back. So, the part of that I wanted to discuss in this part of the episode, um, I wanted to cover, um, Micronational, I want to cover Micronational, more Micronational misconceptions, or misconceptions about Micronations, and I also want to cover the idea of, um, I, really what I want to cover is the idea of uh, micronational misconceptions and uh, what people think micronationalism is and before they get the right information about it. Um, I want to expand upon um, the idea of how a micronation um, can thrive and how it thrives under me when how, how I've done things. Um, and I want to um, discuss one last thing about um, how to start your own micronation. So I guess I can get started. Actually, no, we're going to talk about the micronational hierarchy instead of um, things that keep your micronation going. We'll talk about that in another uh, episode. So let's start out with the micronational hierarchy. Now, you might ask, Andrew. What's the micronational hierarchy? What are you talking about? Well, I'm talking about where people take, essentially, there are two kinds, there are different kinds of people in the micronational community, and there's one group who believes that they are people, you know, like you and I, and how we're citizens of an actual legitimate government. Well, I'm not saying uh, micronational governments aren't legitimate. Um, macronational governments, so like the United States, Canada, uh, Russia, Kazakhstan, Jap Japan, you know, those, those nations. Um, and then there's other people who think that they have legitimate power and that they can do whatever they want, including manipulating people which is something that has happened in this community, though I'm not going to talk about who. Um, so let's discuss the people who aren't uh, full of themselves, and then we'll go from there. So the people who aren't full of themselves uh, are people who recognize that in micronationalism you have no true power. So you can't do things like a normal or a... Uh, actual macronational world leader would do um, and you recognize that you are just at the end of the day the citizen of your homeland wherever you come from Romania all those kinds of nations that, that stuff um, so like me I'm an American citizen I have no legitimate leadership power over certain people I can't say, follow my laws or else. I can make laws, but I can't. Be, they cannot be enforced. Um, I can't exactly um, force people to be loyal to me. I mean, I could. I could just say, get out of my micronation. But then again, it just... It, it, you really just legitimately have no power in the real world. Um, and people who are not full of themselves in the micronational community accept this idea that they have no true power and that they can't do actual things as a leader. They can't just go 
and tell people to follow their laws or else because they're not a legitimate nation yet. They're a micronation. So people who aren't full of themselves, they tend to do, in my, in my perception, they tend to do a lot better in micronationalism in general. Because accepting that you have no true power in micronationalism is one of the uh, biggest things you could ever do as a micronationalist. Accepting the idea that you have no absolute um, enforceable laws, enforceable power, and that kind of stuff is one of the bravest things you could do. Or one of the biggest things you could do in micronationalism. It might take time to mature and to realize that idea. Like for me, when I first came to the community, I thought everyone had to bow down to me. But as time went on, I've been here for two years now. Um, two, three years now. I realized that that I have no control of the uh, other people and what they do and how they do things. Um, that's what micronationalists who aren't full of themselves do. On the other hand, though, micronationalists who are full of themselves, um, they think everyone has to bow down to them and that they have legitimate power and that, oh, I'm better than these other micronationalists when they're truly not. Um, sure, you might have accomplished things, but at the end of the day, you're just an average person like me or your friend down the street or the listener here now. Micronationalists who are full of themselves tend to think that, oh, well, you know, this micronation doesn't have this. I'm the best ever, you know, or I'm, I'm better than every other micronationalist here, which puts down the hard work of micronationalists. I'm not saying now, I'm not saying that micronationalists who are full of themselves haven't um, done hard work, but really you're putting more struggle on people who have done hard work, but doesn't get the recognition for it. Um, and you're actually hurting other people's feelings if you don't know that. Um, though I doubt you care because you're full of yourself. So, um, micronationalists who are full of themselves tend to make laws that they can't exactly enforce and so expect people to follow them. So, like, I could say, oh yeah, the new speed limit in my uh, entire village is... 200 miles an hour permanently and nobody can change that and you could and this person would start stopping people for going 200 miles an hour down the road or not, for not going 200 miles down the road um yeah that person would get arrested because one that's freaking stupid two you're stopping people for no reason three you're acting like a police officer which you're uh, not supposed to do and four you're kind of just harassing people Anyway, micronationalists who are full of themselves tend to expect people to bow down to them. So they believe that other micronationalists have to sit down and listen to them and follow their role and idea and that kind of stuff. And they also tend to brainwash um, other micronationalists who are new to the community into believing that the idea of being full of yourself is how you get far in micronationalism, which it truly isn't. You see, if you become successful in micronationalism, you have to come to the term. You have to come to terms that one day um, you're going to be gone, and people are going to look at you as 
the leader who was full of themselves, the leader who was rude, the leader who was just a jerk. There was this one micronationalist I saw, well, you don't have, you know, come back when you're at micronation's name level, which is, are you fucking serious? <laughs> come back when you're at my level. We are at your level. You're just a citizen of an actual nation at the end of the day. We're both citizens. We both have no power. Shut up. I can't believe I even have to explain that to somebody. It's like, dude, don't make people bow down to you because you think you deserve it. If you're just going to be like that, you don't. You really don't. Jeez. Remember this other time. There was another micronationalist I used to know who would harass people uh, constantly. I'm not even going to call them micronationalists. I don't even think their micronation was real at this point. But he was a major troll and expected everyone to, and expect called everyone who didn't believe in his, I mean, hit their views, a terrorist and, you know, all this evil stuff. Of course, he's been gone for a year now, which is really weird to believe that it's been a year. But, it's just horrible that people come to this community and think that everyone has to bow down to them when you really don't. Uh, micronational, and micronationalism you make your nation and you have fun, of course. I'm not saying don't have fun, but you can't just treat people like they're nothing. You treat people like, you can't just treat people like they have to bow down to you and they have to accept your word as truth. Um, so the micronational hierarchy system hierarchy is a major what I believe is a major issue in the community, and that there's people who think they are in control and they can do whatever, but there's people who uh, don't. Of course, now here is my theory regarding how these kind of people develop. So when People first come to micronationalism, they tend to be, well, obviously, they're new, depending on where they, um, you know, whatever, how they learn about it, uh, they tend to be new to micronationalism, therefore very immature, especially if they come at a younger age. So what happens is that these new immature micronations come to, or micronationalists come to the community, and... Let's just say 50% of them leave the community or, you know, disband their micronation because they've had enough of the community, because the community isn't for them, because of drama, so on and so forth, or their nation just died out on its own. So the 50% remaining move on to stage two, and stage two is where they start to realize that they have no legitimate power. However, let's say... 30% uh, of those people don't learn, but they go to, they keep, they stay in micronationalism, so they stay with people. So that 20% that's left becomes fully mature and recognizes that they have no true power in micronationalism. And eventually, they, the 20% or 
part of the 30% actually leave the community, leaving 10%, and that's me putting the two together. And then it just repeats over and over and over again. There will always be new generations of micronationalists, and there will always be new micronationalists within the community, and there will, there will always be new people within the micronational community. It's just a cycle. 100% people come, 10% left from that 100%, and then the cycle restarts. Fills those people back up, and then 10% leave. Fills up, leaves, blah, 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 blah. You know, it, it just, it's a cycle. It doesn't stop. It doesn't, it does not stop. It doesn't stop for anything. Well, I think that's all I really have. I don't really got any much more to talk about here, so um, I'm going to actually talk about what I wanted to talk about before. Um, but, so let's get there. So, in micronationalism, um, I believe, and for Adonia, what I did with Adonia is I chose something that uh, interested me. So, for example, um, for government type, I chose socialism, mainly because socialism was something I'm st I'm still I was and I'm still studying, and I find socialism interesting. So I said, hey, why don't I make a socialist micronation? And then I chose cultures. That way, I'm not like a Soviet Union clone. Um, what you should do with a micronation is you should give yourself a unique identity, something that's unique to your nation. You don't want to be the bland Soviet Union clone or the next German Reich. You want to be something that's unique and interesting to you. So for Adonia, I picked Russian, German, and Polish culture because I found those cultures interesting. And I'm also, uh, I have Polish, I have Polish family. I have part of a German family, and I believe I also have. Uh, Ukrainian as well, which I could have chosen Ukrainian, yes, but I did uh, Russian instead, because Russia is a country that interests me. So, so you're more likely to continue with a micronation that interests you than a micronation that's just a clone of another nation that you have no clue about. So, well, alright, I guess I really don't have anything left, so... Um, thank you for listening, and of course, as always, have a wonderful, wonderful day.